All right, welcome everybody to the Yankee Chronicles podcast. I'm Bobby Ryan. I'm joined again with Donald and Evan. You can follow us on Twitter at yankeechronicles.com. Donald, your your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is at dstuart267. And Ev? At evandwetzel4. All right, you can also follow all of us on yankeechronicles.com on the Yankee Chronicles podcast channel, and on Spotify. So if you like this video, please like, share, and subscribe. And also a little special shout-out this week to DocAdamsBaseball.org, where you can go and you can sign a petition and help Doc Adams get his recognition into the Hall of Fame as the founder of baseball. And that is DocAdamsBaseball.org. We'd greatly appreciate it. This channel is a big supporter of them, and they deserve it. So we're going to be starting this week with the news of uh, the tender, non-tendered players from the Yankees with um, Sanchez, Sessa, and Holder did not get the tender. So Holder will be a free agent. So we're going to start with Holder. Do you think Holder... Was this the right move for, you know, being that the Yankees rely so much on their bullpen? Evan, I'll let you start. I mean, it is if you think that the prospects in the farm system are ready to come up next year, you're going to use a lot of those spots probably in the bullpen to see if uh, Gill's ready, Medina's ready, and a bunch of those other guys. But um, I'd like to see more what Holder has – has to offer. I think he's a decent pitcher. I think, you know, the pitcher position gets injured more than any other position. So you might need him. Who knows? But, um, you know, it's early in the off season. There's a lot of moves that uh, can be made. Maybe we make a big significant trade for a uh, huge bullpen piece like Hader or someone else like that. Then you don't care about uh, Holder. Yeah. And it's, it's not that they can't sign him. He just went to free agency. So, they, you know, it's still up in the air of what they're going to do, you know, what Holder's future is going to be. Donald, do you think that bringing Sessa back is going to delay one of these younger arms, like a King, you know, Schmidt, from earning a spot on, in the, uh, on the 25-man roster? I'm not a big Sessa guy. Um, I would have I would have gone a different way, I think. Um, I think uh, I, I would have gone with the younger arms. Um, I, I prefer I actually prefer Holder to Sexa, even though I'm not wild about either of them. I, I probably would have uh, would have uh, non-tendered Sexa rather than Holder personally. Yeah, and Sexa you know, has no option, so he has to be on the the major league roster. You can't even send him back down, so you're kind of stuck with him now. You know. I'm hoping that he'll end up in a trade maybe. Um, but I can't see them putting him in a trade, just giving him, you know, the tendering the contract. Yeah. Yeah. He has no value. You know, Holder had a little value. You know, he, he was up and down, but he was a solid reliever. You know, he was, health, you know, he stayed, he remained healthy. He, and, I just don't understand why they kept Sessa and not Holder. Boone used him quite a lot last year. Boone kind of trusted Holder more than he did uh, 
a, a few guys, you know? Yeah. Uh, for instance, Ottavino, we actually used Holder more than Ottavino in some big spots. It wasn't surprising not we, we, uh, we let him go. Yep. And the, the, the elephant in the room with the tender is uh, Sanchez. Um, I was expecting him to be tendered the contract, but I was not, ex- you know, I would not have been surprised if they decided not to go that route. Um, with James McCann still on the market, there's a move, there's this move, start, you know, prevent them from getting, going and signing one of the free agent catchers in um, Rio Muto or uh, McCann. Yeah, Evan, do you think this was the, this was the safe move? Well, I think you, I think you need three catchers. I think this move eliminates any chance of Real Mayuto. They're not going to go after him, but they could go after, say, a Molina or a McCann and slot him there as the third or second catcher. Bring back Higgy and see how that works, because um, you know we're a team that's really high on having depth at pitcher and catcher. So the fact that Kratz um, retired, I think, is you know significant um he didn't play much but they liked having that mentor role in the significant yeah. position where he could coach and kind of get uh all the younger guys on the same page so maybe this is the last time you deal with Sanchez is this year they try to see um what these other two uh catchers can do and help him uh either get it together or you figure out that he's not worth it anymore and you move in a different direction next year. But I don't think they can offer real media to anything. He's going to at least get a four to five year deal. And I don't think they're going in that direction. Now, Donald, do you think that this was a move where they try to rebuild some of his stock and trade him by the trade deadline? Um, no, I actually, uh, I fully expect that, that Sanchez will be um, sharing time with Higgy this this coming year. I think uh, I think this pretty much ends our chances of going after Lacan or or Real Muto. Um, there's a outside chance with maybe consider Yari Molina, um, but I really do think that it's, we're going to be going in with that Sanchez and. Higgy, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I think that's the direction they're going. And I think we do want to allocate dollars to, to a big catcher and free agency with with all the with all the outstanding needs at, at, at starting pitcher and possible outfielder as well. So I think that um, I'm a little disappointed because <laughs> I would have liked to have moved on from Sanchez. Um, um, my thoughts on him are very clear. In previous yeah. podcasts, I. Uh, I, I think he's defense, defensive liability, um, and um, and I think his stock is way down. I don't th- I don't think he's going to get better. I don't. I think he's always going to. This is him. I think he's a, I think he's a guy that's going to hit, for you know between one ninety and two hundred at the very most, um, and and he'll hit some home runs. He'll run into a few home runs, but in general, I think uh, he's a, he's a liability. Hey, Derek Colden even like. Going so yeah. that should be the biggest indicator that, that we should be moving on from him. But uh, I don't think we're moving on from this year because 
uh, Brian Cashman adores him. He absolutely loves him, and he staked so much on him. You know, so I don't think we're going to give up on him. Yeah, it, it's you know, I I was told not to mention his name, but one of my friends from work, you know, Jimmy, I got you anyway. You know, is live. You know, he can't be happy that Sanchez is back. You know, and I know I'm mentioning him because he watches us every week, and I appreciate that. You know, and he's a diehard fan. I'm trying to get him to come on and join us. You know, and he's just had it with Sanchez. And I think that's a that's 90% of the fan base in general is they've they've seen all they want to see. They they're tired of it. You know, they they want they want to start moving. You know, the process of moving on. It did not work. And I'm starting to lean in that direction as well, as much as I've had his back. Being he is going to be on the roster this year, you know, I'm, I'm going to have his back. I'm, I'm going to root for him because, I, you know, I want the team to do well. You know, and we've said multiple times, we could see him moving on to a different team and, re, you know, getting back to that 2017 form. You know, and it would not bother us. So it's really weird that, you know, it doesn't make any sense that they keep trying this experiment. It's, it's a failed experiment at this point. They have really beat a dead horse with that. We're really beating a dead horse with that. And, yeah. And Aaron Boone adores him too. I mean, Aaron Boone was just waxing lyrical about him. Just last week, I think he, he, he spoke to the media and he was saying how he's done some amazing things that last year. He didn't do anything amazing last year at all. No, I mean, he was saying how the, the fan base has been, you know, in the media – has not treated him fairly. Well, he hasn't given us anything to pump him up for. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the occasional long ball, you know, there's more to the game than that. His defensive woes are horrendous. You know, the, the, he doesn't bring anything more to the table. He hasn't elevated. And, um, and it's not for lack of effort. You know, he's, doing, he's playing winter ball right now. He's doing well, but winter ball is not Major League Baseball. You know, so they have to they have to figure out what they're going to do. It you know throughout the year is well. I I think they've indicated that they're getting fed up with the process and the situation. I mean, this is a player that we signed when he was 16 years old, and we're told that he was, you know, going to be our next great catcher. We were told that he was going to be better than Jorge Posada, and I'm sorry, he's not even close to Jorge Posada level. It's, it's not even it's not even close. And Jorge was not a very good defender, but he was leap years away from what Sanchez is. Yeah. So I think the situation is either you make the decision to move Gary right now and sign someone like Real Muto, or you hope that Gary – fixes his issues this year um, and you hold him as the future piece or you get a player like uh, Molina and you use him as a bridge gap for when Gary starts stinking again Um, because you know we do have good prospects in the minor leagues who can be the catcher of the future I am really excited for Austin Wells I think he's not ready this year I think uh, maybe he'll be ready by 2022 2023 if that's the case um, watch out because he's going to be much better than Gary. He's already uh, progressed significantly well for someone who's been in our um, 
farm system for only one year. Yeah, so you know this could be one of those years where they're gonna they're gonna ride the end of the wave with Sanchez just to see how Wells develops and then go from there for for 2022. If they need to get somebody just on a one year deal to give Wells a little more time, you know, I, I think that also is a possibility. I don't. I'm just you know not comfortable with him behind the plate. I'm not comfortable with him in the lineup. He yeah. it's. It's an exhausted experiment, you know, and it, we're tired of having to repeat the same issues with him over and over. Yeah, it's it's over for him. He's not, he he can't remain a Yankee anymore, you know, and it sucks. It really does. You know, he gave us. You know, he was so hyped up. You, you know He's not very likable. His personality is just kind of yeah. mad. Like, he doesn't bring anything to the table. If DD was slumping, DD Gregorius yeah. was slumping like Sanchez is, we would give him the benefit of the doubt because he is such a good person. We love watching him. He interacts with us. He's yeah. fun. When Gary is slumping, he has that stupid look on his face. Like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm just <laughs> doing the same thing and hope something happens. And that's pissing us off. Yeah, work. Yep. Now another player for uh, there's a, there was a player on another team that was non-tendered that was on Cashman's radar for a long time. He has a, a solid bat, can't play a, can't play a position for the life of him, and that's Schwaber. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Donald, how do you guys feel if if Cashman gave him fly, you know, went after him. Do you think he would what, – what does he bring to the team? Not much. Well, he brings a lefty bat and a nice swing for for porch in right field. That's about it. But if you're looking for a, a, you know, another low batting average, high strikeout guy, then he's your guy, you know. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of tired of that type of player. I think we need to move on from that type of direction. Um, I think there are better options out there. Uh, I know that we've uh, been in contact with Michael Cartley. Yep. I think that's a, probably a better direction to go in. Um, um, well, bringing in Bradley would end the Clint Frazier here. Yeah. Uh, well, well, no, we don't want that either. So, yeah, so it's, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm sticking with Clint Frazier, man. I'm going all the way with Clint. I don't think there's any. Yeah, I would there. rather try Clint, um, though. I like Chris Bryant. If you're going to look at Chris Bryant or Schwarber, I would go Bryant because he has more of a position. You could slot him at third sometimes. You could slot him in left field. You could slot him at DH with Schwarber. It's like you're not going to put him back at catcher, his original position. He was terrible at catcher. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. So you're going to have him as either the left-handed DH, which is fine, but then that eliminates where you're going to put Gary half the time because I really think that certain pitchers on our team would rather pitch to Higgy or McCann or Molina or anyone but Sanchez for the most part. Yes. Yeah. Really just painful to watch behind the plate. And you know pitchers, you know, when they give that really good breaking ball and their catcher can't catch it and it becomes a ball because they didn't catch it even though the guy is, you know, close to swinging at it, it's it that sucks. Yeah. 
to be able to frame that pitch well. And Sanchez, unfortunately, can't do that. Austin Romine could, Higgy could, and everyone else, for the most part, can. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, Sanchez was, you know, for a while, he, he was showing that he could frame pitches well. But even that's starting to diminish. You know, so that's another factor, you know, that, you know, another part of his game that's, that's disappeared. So, you know, it's, a, it's another strike on, on Gary of why he's got to go. I think Bryant would be a, a, a better option oh, yeah. than uh, Schwaber. Because if we have Schwaber, it's just a left-handed um, Anduha. You know, a solid bat, but no way to really play him on the field. Yeah. So and yeah, and we don't need a log jam in that area. If we need a log no. jam, it's at the pitcher position because that, like I said, is what gets injured, and that's what you're rotating out more than any other thing. You know, if we're keeping in Duhart, we really don't need another person like him just because they're a lefty bat. You know, yeah. I agree. We need lefty bats. The Rays had like six in the lineup in that one game, and it was. Yeah. Um, but if that's not the direction that we're going in, then we need the best available players. And I think that's, you know, Brantley would be perfect for our outfield and we'd take him away from Houston, which is also huge. Yeah. No, anytime, you know, I think Brantley would be a phenomenal pl- pickup for the Yankees. You would yeah, have to have Brett where, And if they go, if they're able to grab Brantley, and this is what I was thinking, and I'm not an expert. You know, I just talk. I think that would help out. I would think that would help Frazier. You know, it'd be somebody that they can lean on, you know, and you'd also, you don't know what's going on, you know, what the hell status of Hicks is going to be throughout the year. You don't know what the hell status of Judge is going to be throughout the year. You know, we still, you know, is the Talkman experiment over or is there still a little life to that? Because Talkman's another player that nobody's really giving mention to. Talkman sucks. Yeah. Yeah, we need to move on from Talkman. I don't know where they're going to go with all these outfielders. Talkman and Ford and Wade, I I can see all those guys leaving. I wouldn't care. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, I like Talkman. He's got, you know, he's got, a, he's got a lot of hard for the game. He enjoys, you know, he does bring something to the table. You know, he's he's not an automatic out. You know, he he puts him, you know, puts together good at bats. You know, he doesn't always produce, but he's not going to go down on three pitches. You know, he's I not mean, that type he of completely lost his power last year. It was gone. He did not oh, have yeah. one home run, and he went from a pretty decent year the year before. So it just it was painful, and I want to keep saying maybe it's because the season was only 60 games and it was kind of crazy. Yeah. But, you know, if we see a lot of these same issues next year by the same player, then we know it wasn't the 60-game season, and we really need to move on from it because we can't keep going on with this nonsense year after year after year thinking these players are going to, you know, be these huge names. If they haven't done it by now, they're probably not going to, especially with Sanchez. I think I mean, we call lightning in a bottle of something. You know, and as much as it's fun to talk about, you know, this player coming here and, and, you know, this player and that player, there's still only one player that we need 
that still has not gotten his contract, and that's DJ LeMahieu. <coughs> the rumor is that the holdup is over a fifth year. You know, LeMahieu want you know LeMahieu wants the five years. The Yankees only want to go four. And there's been some talk of not giving, you know, some fans are saying not to give him the fourth year because he's already 33 years old. You know, how much more of a, you know, how much more life does he have? You know, is the back end of that going to bite us? I personally, I don't think that he's one of those players where in five years he's going to diminish that much. I just, you know, he's too talented. You know, he's, he keeps himself in good shape. You don't really see him on the IL. You know, so. I mean, he's only had one significant injury, the yeah. wrist one, I believe, and that happened in Colorado. Other than that, the dude stays healthy. He's he's on the field consistently. He works really hard. He's quiet about it, and he's a leader. So I think you yeah. need to just suck it up and give him the fifth year. If that's the only thing holding this up is a fifth year, then it should not be an issue to me. You know, I, I, I care more about the years than the money. If we can get the deal where the money is significantly lower over each year and give him a fifth year, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I think if Cashman loses him over a fifth year, that's, that's, that's a huge, you know, that's a huge L on his record. Huge. Yeah, I think that, and, and that would be where I don't care who likes, you know, who's a Cashman fan. If he loses this deal over a one year, you know, then they're going to run him out of town. We're going to at least try. We shouldn't even be having this argument right now. This should be already done and dusted. It should have. And I've been saying this for weeks. I was like, why is this taking so long? But from what I, I think I read the New, a New York Post article a couple of days ago when you were saying that uh, Al Steinbrenner wanted to um, watch how the market developed with uh, LeMahieu. And I just think that was the wrong strategy. I'd have just given him. Yeah, it's da- that's a dangerous strategy. I would have given him an offer he couldn't refuse, and get on with the rest of the off season. Because the longer well, this what? goes, the, the the less chance we have of re-signing him. Because there'll be other teams involved, and then we might better get out bed. I don't know. I don't like this at all. This no. should have been done and dusted. Give him the give him the years. Deserve it. Yeah. DJ's an all-star, and he was in MVP consideration two years in a row. I think he wants to watch the market develop, too. Um, you know, so he's going to try to negotiate this. I think he wants to be a Yankee, and I think this is just the process that happens. He will be the first one we, you know, attempt to sign or sign, and I think the winter meetings are coming up uh, this week or next week. Um, we're going to see movement pretty soon. The market's going to start to unfold, so it's like, you know, I think – um, these owners and executives, they kind of like to get past the Thanksgiving hump and then they start making moves right before Christmas. Um, we saw that with Mark Teixeira. I do not think DJ is going to be a player that goes all the way till January again. Because if you see the contract we gave him the first time, he got because he got nervous waiting on Machado and Harper to sign. January was considered very late for all these players. He was considered yeah. the second best baseman on the market, 
and he had to wait till January, which made him uncomfortable. So I think he's going to try to get it done as soon as possible, and I think we're going to know if he's a Yankee within the next two weeks, Tops. I think I saw a report um, that floated on Twitter, and I don't remember if it was Brian Hawk or somebody else, um, that the agent was asking – they. The, the, the agent and, and the lady want five years, $100 million. That should not be a hard, That should not be a hard decision for Cashman. No. It should, Cashman's reaction should have been, all right, you know, all right. You shouldn't even have to think about it. They don't want to go $100 million. You know, yeah. Here's a guy, he's won a batting title in each league. He's an MV, you know, MVP candidate, you know, Two-time Gold Glover. He's a, you know, he can play multiple positions. He's a clutch bat. Pay the guy. He gave you a team. He already gave you the team-friendly deal. Now you pay the guy. I'm sorry. That's, that's, why, I think the Yankees, that's why I think the Yankees' policy of waiting till their contracts expire before renegotiating is a little outdated now. Because I, we could have had Lemay here for a lot cheaper. We just we just extended his deal. You should have had the extension before the the, the the 2020 season started. That's what I was thinking. I, I think it's outdated. Um, yeah, and he's he get it's he gets a hundred percent and even more. Yeah, like Kevin said, you know, he's, he's that that club friendly guy. He's a team first player. Yeah, I don't want this to bite them in the ass like it did with Corbin. You know, yeah. So, where it just—it wasn't a matter of the, you know the money was the same, but it was just for one year. You know, it's it's a it's a tough I, sell to the I fans. Think it's really different, though. I don't the think... contract has scared them off from all long-term deals, but you you can't just grade everything uh, against Ellsbury. You got to look at each individual case, yeah. and and you doesn't get hurt. He's a leader that. Team, uh, you know the, the players love him. They call him La Machine for God's sake. They yeah. look up to the way he works. They look up the way that he approaches each at bat and each game. That's the kind of guy that you want to build around. Yeah. Five years, good. It's not even that much. Evan, what do you want to say? Yeah, I don't think this can uh, situation can be compared to Corbin because first off, I don't think the Yankees ever wanted Corbin. I think the Yankees wanted Garrett Cole, and I think we looked past Corbin going, okay, if we give Corbin this, you know, hundred-plus million-dollar deal, how much is it going to affect our ability to get Cole? And okay. then definitely affect our ability to get DJ LeMahieu now. So, you know, I don't think that they went into that situation wanting to offer the best deal. I think with this, they're trying to just feel it out and see how much they can save. You know, it's like you're if you're rich and you can get $10,000 off buying a car, you're not going to say, fuck it, let me pay sticker price. You're going to try your best to negotiate down regardless. I mean, yeah. that's that's all they're trying to do. I really don't think they're going to fight bitterly and miss out on this. I really think that the two sides are going to figure this out. I think DJ loves being here, and I think the Yankees appreciate what he's done. He needs to retire a Yankee, and I think both sides understand the magnitude of that. Yeah. Now, a a another factor that, 
that comes into conversation is with the Cleveland looking to trade Lindor. Is this something that, you know, are they waiting to see if they can make a deal for Lindor or should they just go at, you know, I think they should, if you're able to get both these players, you can get both. Yeah. I, I can't see where getting Lindor eliminates signing LeMahieu. Because you sign Lindor to that extension. It's the only way the deal happens. And, you know, how much are you willing to pay him? You need to know that amount before you trade for him. Um, so that's kind of the holdup. Do they think that they can make both of them? Yeah, maybe they can. But I think you need to get DJ signed up and then figure out if you can afford uh, Lindor. And if you get Lindor, do you trade Torres for him? Because there's really no spot for the three of them unless you get rid of Voight and put DJ at first. And I don't think you're signing DJ to a five-year deal to put him at first base. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. – I think signing the both of them would really handcuff the next move. You know, you're pretty much – you're locking in that you have to – now you – now. The Yankees' backs will be against the wall because they have to make a deal. You know, as much as we want to have the depth, there's only you know there's only 25 spots. I think about well, 26. I think now on the major league roster. So you're not going to just stash a couple of these guys in the minor leagues. You don't you don't have that ability. Right. And keep in mind, Geo just got hurt. He's going to be out the next three yeah. months, um, which means he's probably going to start the season fine. Or at least miss like a month of the season. But uh, just keep that in mind. He did get injured. So maybe they just move on from him and do something completely different. Who knows? But there are a lot of moves that it seems they need to make. Yeah, I know they were saying if – because he's, he's another one that you don't really see on the IL. So we don't know what his, what his – how his body heals. You know, they're hoping that he'll be healed up and ready for opening day. But that, it's too early to put that in, in, in uh, concrete. Right. Uh, so big not, question mark. Do you think they go back to Andujar if he's not ready? Because I don't think that's what they would do. No, he can't play for um, I think what they would – I don't know what the heck they would do. I mean, the only, the only move that I could see them doing because they're, they're, they refuse to give up on this guy – is having, you know, signing LeMay, this is all if they sign LeMay. You have LeMay to start the year at third. You'll have Wade at short and Torres at second. I think that's how they can, that's how they wrap the horn. And, you know, and then you'll have Void at first. Yeah, or uh, at short. Yeah, like I don't – they're too – Hung up on you know they 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 keep insisting on shoving Wade and every chance they can, yeah, which is it's terrible. And he's saying he's a spring training superstar and that's it. You know that's the only time he produces in spring training. I think he's a bench player and I think he'd be good on a team like the Mets or the Cubs. I think that's the type of baseball he plays and unfortunately that's not the type of baseball we play here in New York. So he's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Don't need that speed too much. No, no, yes, yeah, they're not a small ball team. You're not bringing, you know, you're not having a pinch run. You know, it's, it's a wasted, it's a wasted move to do that. You know, 
I mean, I I mean, I enjoy small ball. I think it's it's a lost art in the game, but it's just not the way that the Yankees are constructed. It's you know they're especially with the younger arms coming up and the pitching you know staff, they're getting back to that pitching and power. Yeah, and sometimes you you know you need a little more than that. But Wade is not that piece anymore. No, He's no. another one I would I wouldn't mind seeing disappear. You know, in a trade. Uh, Don, do you have any final thoughts on um, the the roster moves? Starting pitching, 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 pitching. I'm, I'm worried about our starting rotation. That's what we need to be focusing on. Let's see, instead of putting twenty million dollars to Lindor, you need to go and get a, a second number two starter. Because so, if you I, look at the Rotation as it is, it's a little terrifying. And um, I don't, we've not shown much interest in bringing back Tanaka, at least at the moment. So we really need to begin on that ASAP. Yeah, I think there's three moves you need to make. I think you need to do DJ LeMahieu, of course. I think you need to do Tanaka. But if you can get another starting pitcher, Bauer would be amazing or someone else. I really wanted Morden. I thought Tanaka and Morden and DJ would be more than enough for our offseason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would rather, you know, as much as Lindor is, an, is a phenomenal ball player and would do very, you know, I think would do very well in New York and with the market, I'd rather sign LeMahieu to the five-year deal Use that money instead of trading and having to give Lindor a contract. Give that money to Bauer. Bring in Bauer, and then you'll have Cole Bauer, and you also have. To, I would also try to get Tanaka. I think those. I think those three at the top of your rotation, with a returning Severino, and then you have Montgomery or. Garcia. Garcia, you know, you'll have one of those other arms to your fifth spot. I think that would really solidify their rotation. Yep. And Herman is doing very well as well. So, yeah. so they're going to have their depth. So I think with the way that their arms are developing, you bring in those guys that are going to be on the contract. You bring in your big three, you know, Cole, Bauer, Tanaka. You let everything else fall into place, and then you play, your, you know, you, you put your cards out, and see where you're at at the trade deadline. You know, and then you make your move for whatever you need, whether it be another reliever or, or what have you. So that's how I would handle the pitching rotation. I mean, we don't even know what the trade market is going to be like this offseason. So, uh, you know, once that gets heated up, maybe there's some pitchers that get placed on that market that we can't even think of yet. Yeah. Well, uh, sorry, there's an ESPN article saying that Zach Wheeler is going to be available for trade. I don't know if that's an option. Um, the yeah, that only came out a couple a couple of hours ago. And I'm, yeah. I was, I, I was going to bring it up, but I wanted to look into that a little more to see what the details are with that, you know, before getting into, you know, a bunch of speculation and rumors, you know, and feeding into the clickbait. I don't like Wheeler. I'd avoid him. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, yeah, they definitely. If if the financial restraint of that that rumor is true, then it definitely puts Rio Muto fully on the market. It's, 
the Phillies will not – they can't afford them. I think, yeah, they already said they're not going to. Yeah. So, well, well that just this just was the final nail in that in that, in that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. I want to thank everybody for joining us on the Yankee Chronicles podcast. Thank you for watching. Just remember, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Yankee Chronicle. You can follow us on our Facebook page, and as always, on YankeeChronicles.com, where you can find – you can go back and you can watch these episodes and also many great articles. And again, if you get everybody, just give it a little shout out and give a uh, little click to docadamsbaseball.org and sign the petition for Doc Adams. And from all of us, yankeechronicles.com, we hope you all have a good week. Have a good night. Good night, guys. Uh-huh.